American football in Finland. Voice in your ears, perfect purpose, and welcome to another episode of American Football in Finland. I'm here with my co-host Q Floyd. What's going on, people? And we have another great show lined up for you today. As usual, before we get into the football, how was your weekend, Q? Hey, my weekend was great, man. Uh, I cannot say that I watched a lot of great games this weekend, but, uh, you know, it was cool. Agreed. Didn't see a lot of good football on the weekend, but a uh, big shout out to my brother and sister-in-law. They had their uh, 15-year-old confirmation on Sunday oh, nice. in Finland, so nice. got to see that part of the world. It was really fun for us. Let's get into some football, man. Game balls. Let's give out a few game balls from last weekend. Who impressed you this week, Q? Man, look here, man. I'm going to make this known right now. Mr. <laughs> Say it. Dayton, Mr. Dayton win, man. The guy is unbelievable every week. I'm going to say this right now. If this dude. Yeah, say it now before everybody else like jump this. on this, the bandwagon. He is going to be the Maple League MVP if he keeps it up, what he's doing right now. You heard it here. Uh, averaging first. over 300. He averaged over 300 yards game. He's all over the place. Nobody can cover him one-on-one. Nobody is faster than him. This dude is scoring on everybody. If you if you don't think Dayton Wynn is the MVP right now, you're a strong guy hater right now. So Haters. I'm going to put that out there. Dayton Wynn, he is my MVP candidate right now. If the season ended right now, Dayton Wynn better win the MVP. If it don't, it, it doesn't end right now, but we got some weeks to go. If he keeps playing the way he's playing, he's the MVP. So my game ball goes to Dayton Wynn. All right, that makes sense. I'm with you 100% MVP race for that. Uh, for me, I'm going to go a little off the beaten path today with my, my game ball. I want to give my game ball to the Wassel Royals player, the Spaniard, Carlos Carrasco. Carlos Carrasco. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I'm saying your name right. All right, this guy, he has what um, I think he has. He leads the, the team in sacks for the season, but in his last game he had two sacks, five and a half tackles. But the the greatest thing about Carlos Carrasco is he creates pressure on the defensive line, but he's also playing left tackle for the Royals. And I'm not talking about mm. every other series. I mean, he's playing both ways, and he's playing left tackle. So he's going against the best defensive lineman, and he's doing a really go- good job on the offensive line as well as being a formidable force on defense. And I see this dude every week, and I forgot to mention him last week. It's just really impressive that, one – he physically has the capability to play both of those positions so dynamically. Defensive end and left tackles don't usually have the same physical build. So usually you can't really just swip and swap them. And he's playing both of those positions at a very high level for the Royals. He shouldn't have to. I don't know how much they're paying him, but they need to pay him more. <laughs> because, I mean, you got, you got Seppo playing right tackle, and he's only playing offense. But instead of having him play left tackle, they have Carlos there because he's doing his damn thing. So this week, my game ball goes to Carlos Carrasco because I see you out there doing your thing, man, and you need some recognition. People need to know Carlos Carrasco is that dude. Don't think he'll be in the Maple League next year because he's a Spanish guy. He needs to be in the GFL, straight up. Mm. All right, so next thing we're going to talk about, we're getting to the games now. First game of the weekend, and obviously this is the game we're going to talk too much on because we have our bias towards the Wolverines. Uh mm-hmm. Steelers beat the brakes off of them 40 to 21. The, the brakes. 
The breaks. The breaks. What What did you see in the game, Q? Woo we I seen a whole lot of Donovan Hayden, and I seen a whole lot of Gerard Johnson. Mm. I seen dominating on both sides of the ball. On um, the Wolverines, just just uh, right now, they just don't have it together, man. Defensively, they've given up almost ninety points um, in two games. Uh, at this point, you have to make some type of type of drastic change. Um, I don't know if it's where, where exactly they're going to do it, um, but they need to do it um, at this point in the season. Right now, they have to win out to even get second place. Um, it's going to be hard because Corpio is, is on a roll right now. Um, but Donovan Hayden showed out. I mean, he was all over the, all over the place. And like and like to go back to a couple of shows, I, I said they, they pay imports to be great yeah. and not average. And yeah. that's what you pay your imports to do, make a difference in the game. And Donovan Hayden made a difference in that game. He was all over the place. He blitzed. He was in coverage. Um, sacks, man. The, the guy was there with tackles for loss. He saved tackles. Um, Corpio plays great at home. They played great the first half until the rain came. Um, but they did what they needed to do to win that game, and that would stop the Wolverines' offense um, from doing much, or doing what they wanted to do. And uh, that, the Wolverines just didn't didn't have it together, man. I mean, I, like I said, I, I still picked them. To win the championship, they're still my number one. It's a you know, long team season. The, yeah, it's a long season, so I, I do think they'll get together with the guys on their team, the leaders and the vets they got. Um, but that game was a, was a was an embarrassment. Um, they they took that trip to Corpio, beautiful Corpio, man, and, and just tanked it, man. It just, <laughs> just wasn't a, it wasn't a good look. But but the imports, Rod Johnson had a, had a hell of a first half too. Um, he made some big plays um, defensively. I'll go back to the Wolverines again, man. It's a lot of those plays I've seen where DBs were standing around. They wouldn't run into the ball. They weren't making tackles. Um, the scheme, uh, I didn't like the scheme so much um, because it just it just didn't make any sense to me. Uh, but, like I said, it's a long season. Uh, congratulations to the Corporate Steelers, man, for, for, doing, for getting their get back, you know, yeah. from the first time they played them. So now they're they even. And um, I do think these teams will see each other again. If everything falls in place, they'll see each other again in the playoffs. So it'll be exciting to see what happens next time they play. Well, shit, man, you said it. You said pretty much everything <laughs> I wanted to say. I, um, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go over my notes, guys. I, I write notes on all these games. I usually take out a couple of notes so I can remember them because I see so many games. I'm gonna tell you what I saw from the Steelers. They ran the ball really well. Obvious. Their offensive line won up front. This is something that stood out to me because. The one thing that I think has been underrated about the Wolverines is their defensive line has been very well all year. But in the last two weeks, we've seen weaknesses up there. They've actually lost that battle, and it's made a difference on the back end for their defense. And that's what the Steelers did that I was really impressed by because I've said this many a times. I haven't seen a good offensive line in Maple Leaf yet, except for the Helsinki Roosters. But this week, the Cuobio Steelers proved something to me that their offensive line is worth a damn. Because they moved guys. They didn't necessarily move them backwards, but they moved them sideways and, and pushed them more often than not to create holes. It was not that hard of a job for Gerard Johnson this game because there was holes for him to run through. I mean, he always did his thing, but them winning up front was really good. Another thing they did was their receivers were winning matchups. In the first matchup with these yeah. two guys played, they kept trying to throw to their receivers, and it just never worked. In this game, their receivers were winning. I don't want to hear the Wolverine excuses. Oh, we didn't have TJ, blase, blase. Here's the epitome of what happened in this game. At one point in this game, 
you had a, a hitch and go on the outside, and your defensive back from the Wolverines, Eric Irvin, bites on the hitch. So he gets beat on the go. Their man coverage, the safety, Aki Kottenen, smart guy, sees his guy get beat on, on the double move, tries to help by going over top, but in doing so, the seam route underneath him behind the linebacker, which is where the safety would have been if the cornerback hadn't got beat on double move, is wide open, Steelers score a touchdown. That's what the Wolverines defense looked like all game. I don't give a damn who was playing. It doesn't matter about the matchup if you don't understand the scheme and you're getting beat on simple double move plays. That's what was happening to them in this game. They got outplayed on every level. Defensive line, linebackers, secondary. Everybody got outplayed. Linebackers weren't covering nothing. Linebackers weren't making no tackles. Every level they got beat. And instead of me saying, well, the Wolverines got beat, I want to let it know that the Steelers beat them. Steelers need credit for this win. Their offensive line showed up. Their running back balled out. Their receivers won the matchup. Seth Peters put the ball on the money. The dude was 21 for 26, 80% completion rate in this game with three tugs. The Steelers balled. Before anybody says the Wolverines played bad, the Steelers balled. And that's how it goes. Um, And their imports balled out. Like you said, Donovan Hayden was off the wall. Now, the one thing I will say about the Wolverines, I'm again, I'm going down my list of notes, guys. Wolverines, Rojo, inaccurate this game. First time I've ever seen this. A lot of his passes were just off. He was costing them drives because he wasn't hitting receivers that were open. Or he wasn't making throws that he should usually make. Um, William Young, the most consistent player on the Wolverines. He show up every week. I don't care. Second and 40, give him the ball. He's scoring. That's William Young. That's the one bright spot for the Wolverines right now is that no matter what, William Young is going to do his thing. Uh, Defensive backfield just didn't look good. I already went over that. The imports basically didn't show up. Like you said, you get paid. They have more imports than anybody right now, supposedly. Them crocodiles, who knows. But the imports didn't show up. The Wolverines' imports didn't make a difference in this game, and it showed because the Steelers' imports did. Last thing I'm going to say is that – Offense and defensive strategy of the Wolverines trying, it looked bad. When things got really bad, they got desperate and put Jabari at quarterback. And then they even had Jabari at running back at one time. And then they had Wart at slot instead of playing defense in this game because all that situation with the coaching and all that. Screw all that. Changing what you do without any rhyme or reason is not going to get you success. And that's what the Wolverines did. When this game got to a point where it looked like they didn't know what to do, they just started doing shit. We've seen it every game. Every time Jabari goes in a quarterback, the offense does not get better. So trying something different doesn't work when you have a capable quarterback in Rojo, but having to bring in Jabari changes the entire outlook of that offense. The Wolverines just didn't play well. Well, Agreed. Agreed. Definitely agreed. Um, I will say this. Uh, uh, like you said it's about the Wolverines defensive line, um, I know they were, they were missing a few people, but I, w- I will point out James James Perry knew my boy Jamo. He he actually had a great game to me. Um, he he gets double teamed probably more than any player in the league, um, but he still had tackles. Still kind of uh, made a difference in that run game a little bit. Uh, he just needed some help from his backers, man. And and and, and the backer play isn't just up to par right now uh, for the Wolverines, which is why they're getting ran on the way they're getting ran on. And when you don't have a safety back there, um, you, you know, they move Jabari to the nickel. 
and then we don't have a guy who can who can make for sure tackles. And you know, once he he breaks that that front seven, man, it's it's, it's lights out from there. And um, I think Gerard Johnson just he gets stronger and stronger throughout the game. And and I think a, t- a lot of times those guys just didn't want to tackle him. Yeah. And um, the Wolverines, like I said, it's a, it's a long season left. Uh, hopefully they'll bounce back from this man and make some changes. Um, like you said, uh, I do think they can they can figure out a way to 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 uh, use Jabari on offense that'll help them when he yeah. does come in the game at quarterback. They just have to figure out why they got to practice it for one yeah. thing and, 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 and to make an effect because there's no reason why he shouldn't be uh, part of that offense at least every game some form some form at least at least give him six to seven plays maybe eight plays a game where he gets the ball at, at quarterback and runs with his zone read with William Young. Um, which should be a, a guaranteed way to get yards. I mean, it's two dynamic runners, and uh, I haven't seen them come out with the zone read package yet for, just for them to. Um, but as they show, like you said, Corpio just beat them. It's, it's yep. just simple, man. Better team. I mean, obviously, we 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 talking down on the Wolverines, but it is what it is. But the Steelers need that credit, okay? Steelers played a fucking great game, came in there and did their thing. Kudos to them. They're looking real good. It's going to make for an interesting end of the season. The Saints beat the Royals 6-0. to zero. <laughs> Oh, when the Saints, oh, when the Saints go marching in. In the, in the league of all the touchdowns, all the points, no defense has ever played. The Saints win 6-0. to zero. What were your thoughts on that one, Q? Well, I did pick the Saints to win. Congratulations. Um, thank you. So I want to throw that out there first. Because uh, I know we get a Saints a hard time, man. You know, the the, the Saints, it came down to, to uh, the Royals were missing a very, very important piece of their offense. Um, I think if, if, if Sawosta would have played, that game would have went totally different. Agreed. But he wasn't there. Agreed. He wasn't there. He wasn't There's there. We can think about that up. now. Um, the next man up, uh, the Royals just didn't finish drives. They didn't finish drive. They they did have they do have a nice addition with uh with uh Alpha. And I just think like the Saints, I mean they scored the touchdown. They needed to score to win the game. At the end of the day, like it's it's who scores the more points. And it wasn't a it wasn't a, a pretty game necessarily, but it was an exciting one when the score is that low. And uh you just don't know who's gonna win. But the Saints, you know, they they pulled it off, man. And I'm I'm happy to see them get that win because I know how that feels uh, when you've been fighting every game, you know what I'm saying, to 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 pull out one and they pull one out, man. So kudos to the Saints, man. Yeah, I'm gonna go the opposite way on this one. Sorry, uh, Saints, congratulations, you stole one. Uh, the Royals <laughs> shit the bed on this one. Okay, first place, Swosti out. First of all. Everybody needs to realize Tom Swosti is the, the, the man, okay? That's the reason Definitely that man. this game went the way it went. The Royals, uh, once he went out, they went to the spread offense, which I was shocked, but it actually looks pretty good. Like you said, with Alpha out there now, and even even uh, Nicole, Nicole has always been a good, a good receiver so far this year anyways, but Verdez stepped up, um, even uh, UC Cos stepped up. Like, their offense was moving. They moved the ball in this game consistently, enough so that I'm looking at my at my notes here. Let me look, let me look, let me look. Uh, the the Vasa, Vasa Royals had four legitimate chances to score in this game, twice inside the red zone, one right outside the red zone, and then another, like, 
right in that area where it's like the 25 yard line where they they have drives where they're moving the ball and something happens. A backup runner, I don't remember his first name, but his last name is like Barrow or something. I'm sorry. He get he gave away two scores. Dropped a, a wide open pass in the end zone, dropped it, fumbled inside the 20 yard line. There you go. That's two scores. Royals win. Not to mention another drive that stalls inside the 30 yard line. And I understand that, but it's not like the Saints were doing anything specifically on defense to stop them. The Royals out out yardage the Saints in this game, even without Tom Swarovski. Yeah. And they had the opportunities. I mean, you got my boy Carlos Carrasco out there balling on defense, getting two sacks in the game, playing defense against a great um, a great left tackle in Pietola from the Saints. I He was an all-star last year, if I'm not mistaken. And this guy is dominating him and playing left tackle. When it all come down to it, the game wasn't won because they didn't have a solution for the Swosty not playing. They went to a totally different defense, a totally different offense, and credit to Brett Morgan for making that work because I think that spread offense is going to be dynamic going forward. And defensively, they didn't have a problem with the Saints. They were they stopped the Saints. Saints only scored the one time. But offensively, they had the opportunity to score and just didn't. And in this game, I say the Saints got away with one. Royals, that loss might cost y'all the playoffs. Who knows? In this league, that that might be the difference. Y'all lost to the Saints of all people. But congratulations, Saints, on your first win of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Last game of the weekend, the Roosters, they put up what I like to call a 50 burger with bacon because it wasn't just 50. <laughs> they scored 66 points. And I don't know if you've seen the post on the podium, you know, 50 burger with bacon. They scored 66 points on the Butchers. Butchers scored 34. What are your thoughts about that one, Q? Um, offensively for the Roosters, man, they, they got it clicking, man. I mean, 100 points in uh, two games. Uh, as offense coordinator, I know Miko is super happy about that. Uh, um, Miro's playing as well as he needs, he needs to right now. I mean, they got so many weapons right now. Um, all the receivers of ball, and I think all the receivers might have scored. Uh, he had a big game from Adam Connick. Um, Kari, you know, got in the end zone like he needed to. Um, Namdi, uh, he got, he found his way in the end zone twice. I mean, everybody was scoring, man. But um, offensively, the Roosters are, are clicking, and that's what you want, you know, coming into this part of the season. I want to uh, jump in able with, to put, the, with the stats because you yeah. were talking about it. Yeah, Three, go ahead. Go ahead. Four, all four of the starting receivers scored a touchdown. And three of the four starting receivers had over 100 yards. That's major. Yeah. So just that's getting that in there. That, everybody was getting love. And, and Miro threw for 496, almost 500. Seven tugs. Yeah. Miro is doing this thing right now, man. Uh, so I get off the offense, but I'll go to that defense. Whew. When you, when you do put up the 50 burger with bacon. With bacon. What looks, <laughs> when you put up the 50 burger with bacon, um, Defensively, you you think most teams that put up points like that, you you know they'll give up a few points. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dayton win, man, makes a I, even though even though they scored the points that they scored, Dayton win still exposed the Roosters' defense. And I think right now, ask me how Roosters, many yards he had receiving. Tell us, tell tell the people how many. yards I'm looking at the stats right tell now. Sorry to be one of them stat guys, but Dayton win had eight receptions for 233 yards. Come on, man, that's that's MVP, receiving. Man. 
come on. Dayton Wynn is out. He, like this dude literally can 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 if he had just at least a about a, amount of help on defense where they could just stop somebody. They like this dude would be going off right now. Don't Every forget, game he, he dude, plays defense a lot of times. <laughs> the, the guy's in shape, man. He's he's yeah. all over the place, man. The man is earning his money. I don't know how much money they pay Dayton Wynn, but he needs a raise right now, man. Right because, now. Give right now, everything. because he exposes everybody. It doesn't matter who you have on your defense. This dude is gonna find his way to the end zone. The Roosters, um, I, I just from watching the game, I don't think they just had an answer for him. I don't think anybody out there really could could speed wise deal with him. I don't think anybody can cover him. Uh, they don't have a DB that can cover him, man. He's just too fast, too quick. Um, he just has a, a knack for the end zone. And um, the Roosters got to do a better job of that. I mean, like, it's hard to say that when they put up so many points, but you don't want to give up, you know, 30-something points. Even if you even if you put up the 50-burger, you know, you, you still kind of defense. You still want to be like, oh, well, you know, you want to limit that to a touchdown or two. You know, once you put up 60-something, everybody kind of gets relaxed and stuff. But uh, Dayton Wynn showed out on that defense, though. I, I will give them that, though. So, I, I think I said, the I think with the Roosters in that situation, like, I, I agree with you. You can't just let them just run all over you. But I think it was one of those situations where they're like, well, you know, we know he's going to get his, and we're just going to take what that is and not think it's going to be that much. But I don't think they was yeah. they thought he was going to get his like he did. Yeah. Like, I really yeah. I really feel like he outplayed what they thought that they were going to give up. And then at that point, they were like, well, it's not worth changing what we're doing because we're up by so much. But what Dayton Wynn did, and, and even more credit to uh, Kyle Buchanan, the Buchanan, the offensive coordinator for the Butchers, is they didn't give up. This game was out of hand early, and they said, "Nah, we gonna we gonna keep fighting. We're gonna keep throwing punches." And that offense, that's what they did. They kept they kept playing, and that's one thing that is gonna serve them well going forward in the season. Is that the Butchers? This offense, it can score with the best of them. I mean, oh, yeah. that, those 34 points, that's nothing to laugh at. Uh, Wolverines, how many of y'all scored on them uh, last week? What was that, 13? Mm-hmm. Just saying. Those 34 points, that ain't nothing to laugh at. <laughs> and that means they got something cooking over there on offense. And the defense played well, but they were outmanned. Like, they're, like you got four guys, three guys getting over 100 yards, four guys scoring touchdowns on offense, not to mention that Kari could have had more of a day if he wanted to, but they they were just doing so well in the passing game that he really didn't have to run the ball that much. And but they but the Butchers offense did put a little bit of pressure to make them want to keep passing the ball. Um, the the biggest note I got from this game, I I really didn't I didn't take a lot of notes because it was a it was a blowout and you kind of knew who was going to win even though the Butchers kept fighting. Shout out to Adam Connett because. Last year, I, I 100% thought that he was just a product of his brother throwing him the ball too damn much. This year, and in this game of all games, this dude is taking everything to the crib. He does not care. If he get the ball, he's scoring a touchdown. You kick him the ball, he's scoring a touchdown. You give him a five-yard um, out route, he's taking to the crib. He's scoring a touchdown. He get a screen, he's taking to the crib. He's going to the touchdown. He is making himself look like one of the most dynamic players in the league. I know we said Dayton Wynn is easy MVP for the season earlier, but I'm also going to throw Adam Carnett's name in the ring because you got to look at what he's doing. The stats in this league don't keep up with it, but his yak is crazy. Yards after catch. When he catches the ball, he makes those yards from wherever he is, and then he gets a lot of catches. 
So he's constantly around the ball, and he's just being a really good playmaker. And in this game, he was kind of the difference. Had 10 catches, 195 yards, three touchdowns. And I think he had like two two of those touchdowns were like over 50 yards, something like that. Ooh, it was a crucial one. Yeah, like, he, <laughs> like that's, that's two catches for almost 100 yards right there. And then he's catching like three- and four-yard routes to get the team down the field as well. Like he's doing everything they need him to do. And he just he's looking better and better every game. That's what's scary. I mean, Dayton Wynn is great, and I've seen what he's he's done. He's consistently done it, but Connett is like doing different things for the Roosters every week. He's doing it a different way, and he's just showing his versatility. I mean, I'm just like Brandon who right now? Who's that guy? If I'm thinking Connett, if I'm thinking Connett, I'm thinking Adam. Like you know Connett, I'm like Adam, yeah. No, Brandon. Uh, he getting who? off. The guy in Germany? <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm all about Adam right now. Team Adam. You feel me? <laughs> Team Adam. Uh, you got anything else on that game? No, nah, I'm done. I'm done. Okay. That was a massacre. Yeah, it was just a blowout. Get it off your chest. Now we're going to get it off our chest, man. What's on your mind, Q? Get it off your chest. Man, I got, I got, I don't know. You know, I was thinking about something, man. Homeowners. This is for the homeowners. I know it's way off the topic of football, but I thought about something. All right. I said, you know what? If I if I own my house, why do I still have to pay property tax? Exactly. So technically, so technically, that means I don't own it. So I've been I've been I've been trying to figure. I've been asking people all week. Like technically, why, if I own my house, why am I taking property? Why am I paying property tax? So because that's what I've been thinking about, man. That's why I want to get off my chest. Man. You're paying to the property tax is paying to live in that like place like you're you're paying for the right to live in either state city country that you're in that's what it is because the land even though it belongs to you it all belongs to the government that's why you're paying, paying that property tax if, if, and i understand that i feel like okay so if i if i if i don't pay my property tax can you take my home are you going to take my home it's mine i own the home so you own the land, I own the home. What happens then? I, mean, I, not, I, I, I don't have a problem with property tax. I just want people to know that. I don't have a problem yeah, with property yeah, tax. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I understand. <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess, I mean, if you don't pay it, I mean, they usually do take the home. That's like, crazy. Well, that, I mean, is, that is crazy. It, it's just like a whole thing. Like, you know, you got to pay taxes to live in certain places. And if you, you know, it's all different. I don't want to get into too much of that because, you know, I don't even live out, you know, in the states or nothing. So I'm not. Yeah, really states, states problem, man. States yeah, I'm not problem. That's all. Confirmed with that. I'm, I'm a rent a renter for life because you know I want to live everywhere in the world. <laughs> That's a good topic, though. Uh, for me, get it off my chest this week. I gotta be honest. I don't have anything I want to get off my chest. I'm I'm feeling good about Stop everything. I, I feel <laughs> like everything's going all right right now. I'm 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 still you know happy about my uh my brother and sister in law. Becoming adults now, they can get married in Finland. So you know, no, no, get off my chair. Just shout out to them. That it was a good okay. weekend. I'm, I'm happy for those two kids growing up. If y'all see it on my Facebook, I put up a little video montage. Of holla, holla! It's time for fan shout outs. Fan shout outs. Look, guys, we're trying to you know engage with the community. Y'all listening? I'm looking at the downloads. People are listening to the show. So send us an email, tell us what you want to talk about. If you want even if it's not in football, I'm opening it up. If you even if it's not football, maybe you got something you want to get off your chest. We'll read fan email during get it off your chest and let you talk about what's on your mind. 
So remember, send the email to perfectpurvis at gmail.com, okay? I'm perfectpurvis at gmail. Send it, and then we'll see what we got going on. Cheers to the freaking weekend. Back to the weekend. Week, what is this, week eight? Yeah, last week yep. was week seven. So Maple League teams are back in action. Thursday, you got Roosters versus Saints. Then you got Steelers at the Crocodiles on Friday. And we finishing up with the Butchers versus the Wolverines on on Saturday. Okay? Now, later today, our panel of football experts will pick winners for this week's game. Right now, I'm in second. I'm 14 and 7. And everybody else is tied in first at 15 and 6. One game difference. It's, it's so close. And we're making different picks, but somehow, like, it's just working out this way. Uh, those picks can be found on the, fo- the Podium Facebook page and the Perfect Purpose Facebook page. So getting back to this weekend coming up, Q, what things are you excited about from these games? Whew. Oh, man. Uh, I think the, 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 most, the game that I'm, I guess, necessarily uh, looking forward to might be, uh, I think, the Crocs and the Steelers, man. That's, that's yeah. the game I'm, I'm excited to see um, because, I, obviously, I picked the Crocs to win this game. Um, nothing against the Steelers. I just see something in the Crocs, man, that maybe nobody else sees right now, and I'm hoping that they prove me right. Um, but I think the Crocs are going to are, are going to go on their run now. You know, I picked them to make the playoffs. Um, so I think they're actually going to go, you know, on their run. Uh, this is this will be a crucial game. It's in Crocland, man. And if and Corpio don't come with that game plan on point, man, it's, it's going to be a long day over there. That's all. That's, that's the game I'm looking forward to. I, I agree with you on that. I think that that probably is going to be the game. I'm thinking it's going towards the Steelers, though. But I still don't know. I still haven't made my pick. I kind of want to pick the Crocs because I want to be like you and believe. But I, I, I'm i just not sold on the Crocs yet because I've seen them just not put teams away like they should and let teams off the hook, Roosters. Um, But you know what I mean? Like, I just – I don't feel that from them. So, I'm, I'm definitely thinking the Steelers are going to pull this out because there's one person I do trust, and that's Gerard Johnson. That boy can <laughs> run. He can throw. He can catch. Whatever you need him to do, he can do it. And if you kick the ball to him, he might take to the crib too. I think it, this is going to be one of those games where, like, one big play separates the teams, and I feel like the Steelers have that it factor to make that big play. Even Seth Peters – He's been a little less talked about this season than normal, but don't forget he is who he is, and he can be that guy if they really need him to at the right situation. Uh, also, the Butchers-Wolverines game I think is going to be interesting. The, the Butchers have, have been, even with losses, they've been getting better every week. You've seen the progression. We saw them drop back one week, and we are like, oh, my God, who are we going to get? But because the last few weeks they've been a little bit more consistent. What we've seen from the Wolverines in the last two weeks is pretty bad. So you got one team trending up, one team trending down. When they meet each other, what happens? Who knows? We don't know. We don't, I, I will say this. I will say this. Not to cut you off. I will say this. No, go ahead. Um, the Wolverines definitely have to worry about day win and, uh, and butchers and how good they're probably feeling right now as far as putting up points. Um, but I just hope the butchers don't forget about a certain uh, receiver uh, on 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 the Wolverines who who's a little frustrated. You know, I talked to him. Oh. I know he's frustrated, and and he's about. I, I just feel a breakout game about to happen, man. You talking about one of those frustrating games where 
where you where it's a three or four burger. You know what I mean? They, that's that's one of those three or four touchdowns, you know, type of games. I think William Young will probably have a big game this this uh this week because uh seeing what Adam did to the Butchers defense last week, uh, William Young is a way shiftier, uh way big play guy, you know, more than Adam right now. So um Hey, hey, cool your breaks. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna, gonna be say, saying I'm way not, more. Come on now. I'm we can saying, say one I'm, and one A. What I'm saying like, is one A, one B. Come on. What, hey, don't be nah, shitting on Adam is, Carnett now. No, nah, I'm, I'm not, putting my I'm name on. Adam, don't be shitting, I'm not shitting on Adam, Adam Carnett. Adam doing his thing, but <laughs> I, I'm thinking. But I'm talking about if you pull film from all the games, when it comes to 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 catching the ball out on the perimeter, William Young is doing it. That to he, everybody he is a he is a running back. I give him that. That's, that that's what I'm saying. Like Adam is good, you know, with the yak and everything. But William Young is a way more dynamic. Player than just Adam don't Scott. say way. I can't let you. Just, <laughs> I'm not gonna just let you just say way out here like that. Like cause that's what makes it seem bad. Okay, we'll you go. Say, we'll you go say he's a better one B then. Yeah, we'll I'm, go to one A one B. If that's what you want to do, yeah, that's um, what I want to do. I want I want to say. Let me set the record straight. William Young is a better running back. Yeah, he's 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 a better ball carrier than Adam Carnett. I can give you that. But if you throw in a word like way or a lot, that's when we hey, I gotta I gotta speak my mind. That's all. <laughs> but you, okay, but you but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you, you make you make sense. Like it's gonna be it's a little bit harder to guard a running back also out of the backfield when he's usually going to be matched up with a linebacker compared exactly. to a slot that you can move a safety or a corner inside on. So that's going to be something difficult for them. But it's going to be the same thing for the Wolverines defense trying to guard Dayton Wynn because he can also mm-hmm. line up from the running back position and catch the ball out of there. And I'm not 100% sold on either Quentin Copeland or any of those finished linebackers guarding him. Yeah, I'm hopefully not even, they won't. Hopefully he won't give that I'm not. Even, I'm not even sold on Jabari guarding him out of the backfield. No offense to Jabari, but he's six three. You, you gotta you gotta bracket him. You gotta yeah. bracket him. You gotta you gotta take him out of the play. You gotta take him out of the play early. I mean, you gotta like literally if you I don't know if say double team, but you gotta literally bracket him so that he doesn't become the first option mm-hmm. um for, for the quarterback, man. And if they can do that, if they can keep Dayton win from from making those big plays, then yeah, I think they'll have a a somewhat, you know, pretty easy way to win the game. But if they, if, but if he gets loose and he does his thing, like I mean, even on kick returns, man, you know, the dude is dynamic. Like, Stop! Don't kick just, him the ball. I don't know why. Just like don't the ball. kick it to him. Yeah, I, like do not kick him the ball. I don't understand that. Like I've been watching that for the last few weeks, and people are literally kicking him. You would be better off kicking the ball out of bounds. Yeah, like, just kick the ball out of, bounds, out of bounds. And let him drive. Let him drive. Don't kick that dude the, the ball, man, because he is way too fast. If, if he missed one or two tackles, he's gone. So you, um, you see how he does it though. He like is walking, and then he hits six gear in like two steps. It takes off, and then you screwed because you like I don't know how fast he's going, I don't know where he's going, and then boom, he gone. So don't don't even take the chances. Just don't kick it to him. Kick it out of bounds. Don't kick it. Kick don't it on kick it all sides. Kick. Shoot, same result. Just no touchdowns. Uh, so those are the games for the weekend. It's gonna be exciting. <laughs> the Butchers game is, is now that we've talked about it, it might be more exciting than I thought it was. But I definitely think the Steelers-Crocodiles game is a little bit more important when it comes to terms of seeding and playoffs because you got the number two team going against the number four team. This could flip the dynamics of the, the rankings if the Crocodiles pull it off like you said. The hot seat. All right, let's get on the AFF hot seat. It's new this year. Q and I take turns sitting on the hot seat. Uh, it used to be you have 60 seconds, but right now it's just as many questions we want to answer. And the question can be about anything. They're not limited to football. And we don't know what the other person is going to ask. So the question is 100% off the rip. 
Today, I'm on the hot seat. Let's go. Yes, you are, sir. All right, here we go. Question number one. Which is a smarter animal? A monkey or an elephant? I would think an elephant is smarter. Am I right, Bob? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that one. <laughs> if you had to choose between these two boxers, which one would you more than likely face? Mike Tyson or Muhammad Ali? Oh, I'm going to take Ali all day. Go Ali? Yeah, because I feel like reason? it's going to hurt, but... If Mike Tyson hit me, I might die. Tyson came out a little bit later of a time where, you know, bigger, faster, stronger. Which of these two sports is the most boring? <laughs> baseball on t- baseball on TV or golf? Golf. It's got to be golf. Baseball on TV isn't that boring if you got a good commentator. I don't care who commentating golf. It's boring. It's terrible. And, and, and since you hit me with the question of should women get paid more um, oh yeah that oh. that question last week i got one for you question who is smarter women or men uh 100 percent, women are smarter it's that's easy for me that's 100 percent. I, yeah. I think i think everybody agree with that I, one i think what people would know what to do without them yeah i think what people what people see as the biggest difference is that women are more emotional than men men are more logical thinkers but we aren't actually smarter but if you use logic more often that's why men kind of run the world for right now. Just for right now, yeah. ladies. Just for right now. Yeah. <laughs> Just for right now. Make sure you fix that. Yeah. All right, here we go. <laughs> Which one do you think is more important, the wedding or the honeymoon? Obviously the wedding, because okay. the rest of your life can be a honeymoon. Next one. Who had the most influential touch on, on, on the world, Steve Jobs or Mark Zuckerberg? I say Zuckerberg. The reason, the reason I say Zuckerberg, because I think Steve Jobs is great and, and Apple is great and iPhone and all that, and I think technology that's great. But what Steve, what uh, Mark Zuckerberg did was it's a cultural change to the world. Mm-hmm. Like social mm-hmm. media has changed, has made the world smaller. Like phones and and technology and stuff is, and even computers has always had like a place and you could you can make the world smaller but making people like have the opportunity to connect with people that are on different sides of the world like he's even that technology that wasn't even available then it can feed into what he brought with social media which was in its infancy phase but when it comes yeah. to like technology like that's always going to grow there's always going to be an innovative technology that does this and does that 20 years from now who knows who's going to be you know the lead and pioneer of that Okay, good answer. Good answer. And another uh, crazy question right now. Okay. Do you believe? Do you believe a fish can drown? No. <laughs> <laughs> can it? <laughs> I don't think so. Can it? What do you think is the better movie? <laughs> the first Lion King or the first Jurassic Park? Lion King, easy. Yeah. Okay. Well, good answer. All right. Last question. Last question. All right. Would you rather be hot or cold? Hot. I live in Finland, man. I'd rather be hot at all times than cold. <laughs> and on, on that note, that wraps up this week's hot seat. <laughs> all right. That's it for us on AFF this week. Q, any last words before we get out of here? All right. None at all, man. Let's just have some good games this week. All right. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. And continue supporting us for following AFF on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Podbeam, whichever platform you listen to. Just show us some love. And never forget T-I-F. And one thing, I don't want to forget this person. <laughs> I don't want to forget this person. You know, I, we, I, I do want to celebrate 
the women a lot. We know we talk about American football for the men a lot, but I do want to give a shout out to the homegrown local girl, Nana, for winning the championship out there in Carlstead, Sweden. So, oh yeah, shout out, shout to out, Nana. Nana. You've been she, doing your thing, so first congratulations. Year, first year as a professional, she go to Sweden. They win the championship. Carlstad Crusaders organization. That's your favorite over there in Sweden. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I'm assuming she's going to the um, the women's European Championships later on this year in uh, in the UK. Yeah, yeah. So you know, keep doing it, Nana. Keep doing it. That's it. We out. We out. American football in Finland.